welcome back to the 1208 Bit Nerd Church Podcast. I'm Jamin. And I'm Tyler. And this is a part of the Jackson Cloud Network, which is an online church. With Corona happening, if you're looking for an online church, join us on Facebook, YouTube, Discord, or you know, just find all of our stuff at jacksoncloud.com. That's jxncloud.com. And that includes this podcast, which is a part of that network. Okay, well, uh, if you're watching this today, uh, instead of just listening to it, if you're watching us live, then we are in the nerd cave right now. Nerd cave. And it doesn't look as nerdy as we'd like it to because we couldn't position the phone well. But, welcome to the nerd cave today. We are still in our spooky series of Octoberness. We've talked about... Zombies. Zombies. And then we talked about... Stranger Things. Stranger Things. (laughs) Very memorable moments. (laughs) So memorable, I don't remember. Uh, Today we thought we'd talk about our favorite scary movies. Uh, We said we were going to talk about ghosts, but we didn't have enough time to do our research. so. So here we are talking about our favorite scary movies, which always might be, uh, you know, like... Some people are like, oh, I don't even watch those, which, you know, I understand. But we're looking for some spiritual application in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. So we'll see where it leads. Uh, but as we do that, I thought might be good to start with just some of the first scary movies we ever saw. Oh, yeah. Because for me, I remember when I was a oh. kid, Jurassic Park had come out. Back in my day. And Jurassic Park is not what you would call exactly a scary movie by, like, today's standards, exactly. Yeah. But when it came out, my parents were like, all right, Jamin, if you think you're old enough and you want to watch this, you can come watch it with us. I'm like, I'm old enough, Mom! This isn't going to be a problem! You know, and so I I go to watch it, and I'm like, I don't know, 30 minutes in when the little... Little raptor, velociraptor, they're not, what are they? Oh, oh, that thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wherever they are, that comes out and and then they spew like venom at Stan from Space Jam. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Where the guy from uh, Seinfeld, uh, whatever the case was, like, I was like, I don't want to watch this anymore. And so I left and I didn't finish it. So really the first scary movie I think I actually watched was much later, which was Signs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. M. Night Shyamalan directed back when people still listened. (laughs) And then he went away for a while. And then he came back more recently. But um, Signs with Mel Gibson... Okay. Where have you seen this movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen. I've so seen again, it's not exactly what you would call scary by today's standards, but yeah, it was. No. Is the first movie I saw with like the jump scares and whatnot outside mm-hmm. of Spider Man when the Green Goblin's like, "Where was I last night?" <laughs> <laughs> you remember that scene? I remember that? It's so loud in the theater. I saw people oh, like have a heart attack. That was great. Yeah, but outside of outside of that scene. Signs was like, oh my goodness, this is the scariest thing that has ever been made, <laughs> is what young Jamin was thinking. <laughs> well, yeah, so I'm thinking back to mine now, right? Mm. I'm thinking back, and I'm like, what was what was scary for me? The first time I was ever scared, and everyone's going to laugh at this, um, I was at Disney World, and I was at this, these, it's still there t- today, so take your kids, freak them out, 
make them feel totally terrified of bugs. Um, but a bug's life exhibit, you go in, they get you in, the, you're in this line waiting for this like theatrical production. I, I don't want to like stop you there, but bug's life is what we're talking yeah, about. Bug's life, yes, <laughs> bug's life. You're at this like theatrical production. And they're like, you're going into this dark space. You're going underground because you're, you know, going to this world of bugs. And it was, it was terrifying. Um, well, it wasn't terrifying at that point. It was like, oh, I'm gonna go watch Bugs Life. That's one of my favorite movies. I, I do love Bugs Life. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm going in. I'm like, oh yeah, Bugs Life, Bugs Life. And I'm all excited. I'm getting hyped up for it. My grandma's all like, oh, you're, you're so happy. I've got my like face painting <laughs> of like a tiger on my face. I'm like, ah, I look so scary, Grandma. And and then I go into this place, and the uh, the main character guy like pops out of a hole in the ceiling, and he's like, hey, way up here. And I'm like, oh my goodness, whoa, that's crazy, wow, wow. And then about like five minutes in, there's these things that like move under your seat. Oh, like feels like bugs are moving under you. And I was like, uh, oh my gosh, there's bugs everywhere. There's bugs everywhere. I didn't think about this when I was here before. I'm going to die. I need to get out of here. And then they had these, like, the grasshoppers, like, coming in, like, flying around and, like, killing people like they did in the movie kind of a thing, you know? Like, they're, like, coming in and they're, like, trying to kill people. It's like, oh my goodness. That's how I thought of it as a kid. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Everyone's, like, going to die. We're, we need to get out of here, Grandma. We need to leave now. This is bad. This is not where we want to be. And my grandma was like, oh, oh, are you sure you're scared? And I'm like, I'm going to die, grandma. Like, we need to go. So I had to leave uh, Bugs Life early. And that was my uh, my first experience uh, with horror. <laughs> um, I don't know if you're allowed to... <laughs> I don't know if you're allowed to say that. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was pretty horrific to me. All right. So, my second real experience with horror, you know, if you don't count the first one. <laughs> if you don't count the was... life Pixar experience. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, if you don't count that, then my first experience with horror was probably also Jurassic Park. Because okay. it was still considered a horror, especially when I was watching it. Yeah. I mean, as it's aged, too, it's got kind of, like, scarier. I mean, some yeah. of the epic endings of the last two, you're, that last one, where, like, you have this hybrid Jurassic Park dinosaur, you're like, ah, what even is this anymore? This is, like, right. Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when I was watching Jurassic Park, though, um, it, that was my first, like, horror movie, right? Um I didn't, I wasn't afraid at all. Yeah. I was laughing the entire time because I thought it was funny. I don't know why. Because the graphics were too aged for you? No. Or... I, I was born in 1995, Jamin. I'm just checking. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were, uh, it looks, it still looks real. I don't know what you're talking about. Those graphics aged really well for the first one. Well, yeah. Wait, is this sarcasm? I can't tell some. No, it really well. <laughs> well, because like, it also isn't all graphics in the first one. Yeah, Back then, the they real. were still making lots of robots yeah, and whatnot. So. It still looks amazing. So, even though it's not really horror, 
in the end, it was still that that experience, and I thought it was funny. My grandma still is kind of weirded out by it till this day. I watched everything with my grandparents, if you're wondering. <laughs> that um, you're laughing at the demise of dinosaurs. No, the, the demise people. of, yeah, yep. The, the people dying was He died while he was on the toilet. <laughs> that's exactly what was happening. My grandma's like, that's just so sad. He's, he's like, that's terrifying. We shouldn't let Tyler watch movies anymore. Yeah, I think that's what the thought was. But I love dinosaurs, so it was like, they're like, well, well, he's got to watch Jurassic Park. He like watches Land Before Time like fifty times a day. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that, there, there's a good horror movie for you right there. Yeah, right, Land Before Time. Yeah, man. Which one of the eighty is the real question? Ooh, probably like the second one with uh, the T Rex little dude. Probably that was terrifying. I mean, Sarah was always a jerk. She was kind of horrifying just in general. No, you had a crush on her, didn't you? <laughs> no. N- not on a cartoon dinosaur. Hmm. I'm starting to wonder where the real horror was in your life, Jamin. Uh, but the... So the first real horror movie then for me, like actual horror, um, probably was Saw. Oh, well, okay, now you've crossed the horror line for sure. Yeah, no, for I sure. haven't seen any of those ones. I watched all of them. Um, I wasn't a Christian. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I probably wouldn't watch them now just because I'm not into, like, any kind of gore, mm. like, really whatsoever most of the time. Like, I can deal with it, but I'd, like, look away usually, and I'm like, oh, that's, that's gross. Mm. Um, back then, though, I was like, no, it's so deep, man. Like, <laughs> look at all the... He's, he's, like, criticizing the world by holding the mirror up to it, man. I, I've seen some satire on this you know, movie it, where I feel like they were trying to, like... Is that what it, is that what it's trying to do? Does it have meaning, or is it just, like, horror for horror's sake? Uh, the first one has some meaning. Like, they're capturing people that have done bad things, and mm. the guy that's the... Either the hero or the villain, depending on how you view it. I view it as they're all terrible people, and, you know, maybe this world... Um, needs a lot of redeeming just like our world um and the first one you kind of see that that like take place and uh it wasn't definitely wasn't my favorite horror movie that i've ever watched but uh the first one really stuck with me uh, mainly because i was probably a child when i was watching it and uh yeah no i definitely was because i remember going over to my friend's house and i'm like yeah saw was so good and his parents were like excuse me (laughs) and i was like yeah the new movie saw was really good Okay, Tyler. Okay, buddy. Why don't you just uh, never hang out with our son again? <laughs> and, it's nothing uh, personal, I'm sure. Is it? Um, <laughs> no, well, it was just you know, Tyler was watching horror movies at a young age, and uh, yeah, Saw was Saw was something because it, it told the story of like this guy who would capture people and he would make them then like live out some painful experience in order to have the yeah. And they'd either die or live, and if they lived, since they lived through such a horrifying experience, it was supposed to have changed their life. If that sounds culty, that's because it is. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, this doesn't sound like redeeming value at all. No, and they have this purpose, and you know what the purpose is? To capture more people and to put them through the same experience that they went through. Why? I don't know. So it's just horror for horror's sake. Yeah, in the end. Okay. Especially by the time we get out of, like, the first one, it's just, like... It's just for, like, the weird twists in the last movie that make it hilarious. Um, Are yeah. they clown alien people or something? No, so... 
I'll, I'll spoil it here just so, so everybody knows because I don't think anyone cares. So the guy in the first one, he uh, the whole movie's based off this like hacksaw that they have to use to get out of these chains. You can take that any way you want. I'm not going to describe yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gets out and is crawling and we're like, oh, he's dead. Cool. That's the end of like the first movie. Everyone's just dead. And you're like, oh, well, that was terrible. And uh, then he's just like, in the last movie, he's the he's the ultimate bad guy. He was behind it all. The the guy who was captured first, and uh, okay. we all thought was dead. And you think they just threw that in there for fun, or oh, they had for that sure. plan the whole time? No, they, is it Legend of Zelda where they claim to have set up all of this lore this whole time, and you know they're just making it up? Oh yeah, it doesn't make any okay. sense. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, well, actually, one of my one of my favorite movies of all time at this point, it's in the third slot. First favorite movie, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Second, at the moment, is Yesterday, which is a weird Beatles alternate history yesterday. sci-fi fantasy romance movie. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. But then third place is Cloverfield. Uh and you mostly get into my top favorite movies by being very creative and different, and all those movies have that kind of feel to it. Yeah. I mean, Cloverfield wasn't the first one to do the handy cam thing, but uh, it was the first one I saw, and I Same. was just enthralled by, wow, I didn't know you could ever tell a story through this medium and have it connect. Because I was the guy always behind the camera running around, <laughs> You know, and like, this was the moment where I'm like, oh, I could, I could even make a movie like this if I wanted. But it all connected, and I'm crack. I like, I'm just amazed at the editing ideas. Like, hey, you know, when you're recording over a tape, sometimes when you un, when you stop recording, and then you go back and watch it, and then you don't hit record again in the same spot, so it leaves some of the footage from before. You know, like, yeah. that you recorded before. Let's use that technique to tell, like, the background of the story. So I'm, like, watching this, and it goes from, like, you know, it starts with kind of the romance story because it ends up they're recording over a tape between these yeah. two people. Mm-hmm. And anytime they, like, stop recording, like, hey, go back. Did you record the monster? Let me see it. So they, like, go back to look at it, and it the tape gets slightly messed up right there and shows what they recorded over and it's genius the way that they're like telling a backstory yeah and current story you know jj abrams and lost was all about let's meet the character every episode and then let's always flash back mm-hmm. to tell their story yep that's what cloverfield did in a way that somehow worked from a handicam perspective perfectly so for me, that movie was just like pure gold. I mean, even just the the um, not telling anyone what it's about, trailers yeah. being super undescriptive, being announced like weeks or a month ahead of time that this was coming out. I saw it, and I think uh, like Allen Park, Michigan at a huge theater. So it's just packed. Back when you could legally pack out a theater. Yeah, right. It's packed with people who all have no idea what this is, midnight showing, we're all in this together, you know? Yeah. And, like, 
the whole time just like what's happening (laughs) are these aliens are they not aliens are they from the water or they come from the sky yeah and i like i like that hidden aspect of movies like that right i don't like it to always especially in horror i don't like it to um to really try to change like to try to be like an overly descriptive this is an alien and it is coming for you from this planet on this day for these things and it's like dude you don't have to over describe it right like it's fine Just, just let it be a mystery well, what Abrams was even doing with that one is, you know, his son, I think, had like a Godzilla toy or wanted one or something like that. And he's like, you know, Americans don't have any kaiju. They don't have any yeah. giant monster stories. So let's give them one. And then it progressed into this handy cam top secret movie with no description, no spoiler. I think like everyone on that crew had to sign these like huge disclosures. Like you will not say anything about this movie. And the whole cast is like, no one's seen any of them before. They're all just random people who are now, some of them are quite famous. Good actors now. Yeah. Yeah. The comedian in it is in a ton of stuff and voice acts and a lot of cartoons. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, he was also recently in the movie Underwater. Um, has Kristen Stewart is like the main actress, and it's uh, it wasn't well known. It hit theaters like right before COVID. Uh, I went to see it just because I wanted to go see a movie, and like I really like that movie. Uh, it's basically Cloverfield underwater. Like that's not even, <laughs> it's not it's not handicam style, but it's. You got the same comedian comedian actor from Cloverfield, but now underwater <laughs> facing a different threat. Well, now you're making me think of another horror movie called uh, Deep Blue Sea. It's a shark. Is that a shark movie? It's a shark movie. Because like the third one just came out or something. Really? There was a there's sequels to that. <laughs> I wouldn't. I don't wouldn't say they're good or anything. Oh I, man, I haven't. I don't think I've seen them unless they've been on the Sci-Fi Channel. The first one's which special, a lot Damon. of shark movies have been on the Sci-Fi Channel. So. The first one is very special. It's it has a special place in my heart for one of the movies that I watched as a kid and when I'm not sure if I liked that. And then I watch it as an adult, and I'm like, I definitely didn't like that, but I don't like it so much that it's great. <laughs> so it's the B movie, but it's it's not though. It's got like Who's I think it's got this? like more not, not Morgan Freeman, um, Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. I have seen this then. Yeah. Okay. like once. I don't remember much about it. <laughs> there's like a guy that's like, oh my goodness. There's just so many things. <laughs> there, it's a genetically enhanced like robot shark, if I remember right. <laughs> it's terrorizing this location where there's like just a there's these people trying to research how to like make it stronger Mm -hmm. i don't know and they're like oh this is like the the highest techno facility in the place And they're like, this is amazing. Also, there's a priest here. And you're like, <laughs> That's, There's always that, let's bring faith into this somehow. How do we do that? Focus on a picture of I'm Jesus I'm pretty sure that Samuel L. Jackson's character is the priest. He's the priest. I think so, but I'm not totally sure. 
But I remember like I don't think he could get away with enough f bombs. No, the priest. <laughs> but that would be like the joke there, like haha, we got religion this time, right? Yeah. Because that's what uh, that's what a lot of those kinds of movies like to do. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it was just bad. It was it was it's hilarious. That it's all flooding because the shark is super intelligent and was intentionally hunting them. Um, oh snap. Yep, and that's the that's the whole story. Deep blue sea. And uh, I'll let you guys figure out whether or not anyone survives. Who knows? It's not my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of shark movie, maybe we just need a shark week. Ep- <laughs> shark week shark series. Week. Shark week. <laughs> One of my favorite scarier movies as of late was The Meg. Yeah, okay. I don't think I've ever I don't think I ever watched it. Oh man. It's uh, it's a shark movie, but it's like prehistoric shark. Oh. It's Oh yeah, yeah. Jason Statham versus versus big shark in China, right? Because uh, the Chinese blockbuster was the one that like is they have to put stuff in China so that the blockbuster in China like takes off. Oh, uh, maybe. Wait, what? Is this the storyline or is this the No, that's a real life oh, thing. Real like life the, thing. you they put movies in like based in china like the location uh because the china has a bigger like sales for movies in america oh really yeah they premiere there earlier don't they usually yeah i think there was towards the end there's like a beach in china but Mm -hmm. it's mostly imagine dwight schrute because he's in this what but he's supposed to be kind of like a rain wilson uh a rich man trying to is a is not the role I was expecting when it's in it. But then Jason Statham versus sharks. Well, that just sounds great, though. It, it, I mean, I was I was cracking up the whole time. It's, it's a pretty crazy movie. But I don't think I think if we're going to talk about sharks. I don't think we can get past talking about Jaws for at least a second. Oh, I thought you were going to Sharknado for sure. <laughs> well, let's go to Sharknado first then. Let's go to Sharknado first because which one? We got to end on Jaws. Well, here's the thing, Sharknado. It kind of took the fear you had from uh, a movie like uh, a movie like Jaws. A movie like Deep Blue Sea. That fear of, if I step into this deep, uh, infinite ocean is how we sometimes feel when we go into this water. You can't see below it all the time. If I step into that, then I will be. I could be eaten by the shark. And it says, oh yeah? Well, guess what? Sharks are outside now. And they're spinning fast. <laughs> and they're vengeful for some reason. They're vengeful. They're so ready to come because flying global through warming. the sky and eat you. Yeah. Because global warming, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's great. It's great. It's one of the best um, best horror movies of ever. <laughs> well, um, what they did well was... Have you seen all the different mashups of sci-fi channel B-movies? Yeah. Oh. Sharktopus... Just literally, if you can say it, it exists. Like it's just have you ever ridiculous. Seen Birdemic? Yes, I. <laughs> oh man, talk about graphics! Not graphic, just oh. graphics. <laughs> uh, beyond his time is, I think, what we have to call it. No, um, that's not the way I describe he, it at all. Jamin, this man got a sequel. Yeah, I know. Birdemic Two. Have you seen it? It's a, it's a masterpiece. Oh man! From the director's own words. There was no way I was watching another one. He um, spared no expense, millions of dollars, on the second second movie. But hundreds on the CGI. He he said, 
it was the best CGI in the world, is what the director said. Mm. You can look up the quotes. I think he's become too self-aware at this point. He's gotta be in Walking Game at this point. (laughs) Gotta be. But it's just so... I think that's one of the nice things about uh, B-movies, specifically, since we're on that topic, is that, like, there's just this community of people who just like to watch B-movies together. Yeah. I usually watch them with Rift Tracks or Mystery Science Theater on. It helps me enjoy them a little more, but... (laughs) That's, that's like, a community that watches B-movies together, and, like, everyone kind of jokes around with it, and... I... When I was a kid, I just have the Sci-Fi Channel on all the time, just because, like, first off, I like Sci-Fi, but B, I like the ridiculousness of of those kinds of stories. And one night, <laughs> I will never forget this. I just turn it on, have no idea what's on the screen, and then there's just this like kind of like bug-looking man just walking. I'm like, what on earth is this? And then he like shoves his like needle nose. It begins to, like, suck the blood out. Someone's like, is this supposed to be a mosquito? It goes black, and then the title comes up. It's like, man Skeeto. <laughs> I just start cracking up. I watch no more of it. I just turn it off, but I'm cracking up. And, like, how many more... How many more weird hybrid B-movies... <laughs> Mansquito. Uh, Mansquito. Sharktopus. Sharknado. Didn't Sharknado end up in space recently? Oh, did it? I think they finally like go to space and I know Cloverfield sharks did. in space. Well, that sounds amazing. I yes. missed this one. So this so Cloverfield, not to go all the way back. First movie, I love it. Second one is intense. Like John Goodman. Is real creepy in that. Have you ever seen the second one? I don't think I have. Second one's just like a bottle episode. They're inside of a bunker. John Goodman's, you can't tell if he's like a good guy protecting this girl or like a possessive crazy man protecting this girl. Yeah. And like his breathing is like his main voice acting the whole time. Just like, just like you can always hear him breathing. Ugh. And walk and and it's crazy. Like you're like, is this even the same movie? Like it's not handy cam. Is this even the same universe? Like you just you have no idea where this is going the whole time. So the second one's intense. I'll have to watch it. Yeah. The third one on the Netflix. Cloverfield Paradox. Yeah. Did you watch that one? I did. So I love the guy from the IT crowd. Yeah. I didn't know who he was at the time that I watched it, so I need to rewatch <laughs> it just for him. But man, I oh. I didn't even understand that movie or what I was watching or sense. what it had to do with anything. No, it, or... it didn't make any sense. They tried to give like an origin story to yeah, the alien. Yeah, which is kind of what was one of the weird beauties about Cloverfield is the first movie is like, someone's attacking. We don't know what. That's yeah. the whole point. Like, you don't get information. Exactly. Just like yeah. The Walking Dead with the... Where'd this virus come from? We don't know. We don't care. That's not the story we're telling. Exactly. (laughs) And I think that that's where... I was just talking about that because I hope we get to that point, right? Like, man, I I really don't like it when they try to over-explain in the horror genre, right? When they try to, like, reach out and say, like, this is all the things that's happened. And I get it. You know, you want to create a world. You want to have your own MCU. Sure. Great. Sounds terrible for horror i don't want to watch an mcu of horror um i think if you did it right it could be good but you'd have to set it up you can't just be like oh well if our first movie does well then we'll try to open it up with 13 other bad guys yeah 
oh, and then you have like this backstory of these people going into space with the Cloverfield paradox. You have all these people that are just constantly like, no, just horror should not be overexplained. Um, that's one of the reasons why Stephen King's It series, uh, if you if you've watched the movies, they're they're crazy. They're definitely insane, um, but tame compared to the books. V- very tame. The book. Very tame. Don't recommend reading the book. Don't read the book. That's a warning. <laughs> Don't read the book. First off, there's a lot of pages in it. But, <laughs> but that being said... <clears throat> Don't read the book. But that being said, he does a great job in his horror uh, to not over-explain his universe that exists. Because he was kind of the original person behind this this horrific idea of something in the universe that's out there. Um, he has a whole universe created yeah. where all these things exist together. The TV show Haven, right? That's mm-hmm. a part of King. Correct. And that kind of like brings space to all of his different... Yeah. Yeah. He, he has lots of different... Um, Lots of different monsters that exist in his world that he's created. Um, I think The Mist is another one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Another monster movie um, that we see. Those those creatures all exist in the same universe. So that's a, uh, an, an example of what it looks like when somebody plans their universe very well um, and creates a horror genre out of it. And I can really respect that because if anyone knows Stephen King's work ethic, like he sits down, he used to have a drug problem, that's a thing. But he sits down, and he would just just write until the book is finished. He w- will not stop writing until the book that he's started writing is finished. That's impressive. Especially with how long they are. Yeah. He should be dead. Yeah, you'd think so. <laughs> but he does not stop until it's finished. He just continues writing and writing and writing and writing and writing. Lock- he's known for like locking himself away for a long time to just finish books. Um which I know a lot of a lot of authors have a hard time doing. So um, it tends to be similar to what I do when I'm writing. Is it just not as quickly as him apparently? <laughs> but I need to like get it out of me right then, or I'll lose yeah speed and momentum on it. Yeah, that's exactly what he what he says when he talks about it. And I think that essence of that like putting into horror. That's where I like kind of want to move into my favorite horror movie. My favorite horror movie. What, do you want to say something? Well, just before you go there, since you mentioned It, when I was at Mega XP a few years ago, I think it was me and Casey. <laughs> Mega XP is Jackson's Comic Con. It's where we launched uh, 1208-bit, uh, the news that we existed and all that. Uh, yeah. Just a little over a year ago in August. But uh, me and Casey need to like get upstairs to where the trivia game is. Yeah. And so we're waiting for the elevator. And when the elevator opens, it's a guy dressed perfectly as it just standing there with a balloon and me and Casey just like quietly walk backwards and then run for it. It's just like, get out of here. Do not get on that elevator. Which reminds me of another movie. I don't remember what it was called. But it was another B movie about an elevator. I re- I think I it's remember a, this. It was on the Sci Fi Channel one night. It's an elevator that they they created with a shark brain, so oh, shark oh. brain controls it. 
<laughs> so we will like suck people in off the top floor, fly to the bottom and shoot them off or vice versa. You're like, what? what? This doesn't even make sense. Okay. So there you go. There's my little tangent. Sorry. Go ahead. Interesting. Your favorite movie. My favorite horror movie, which is going to seem, I think a little strange because I'm not using a, an older horror movie. Um, my favorite horror movie so far has been a quiet place. Yeah, so you know, this is um, John I was Krasinski. Call him Jim, <laughs> it's Jim and Mrs. Poppins. <laughs> it's Jim and Mrs. Poppins. Uh, it's but it's uh, John Krasinski's film, A Quiet Place. Um, I love it because of again how you loved uh, the Cloverfield paradox for its uh, filming technique that it used and everything. This one um, focused on sound, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, let's show there it. Go. Let's show it. The Monster. Quiet Place Funko Pop right there, which I don't remember it looking like this, but that's cool. Yeah, it opened up when at the end. Didn't go look on. that happy, but... No, yeah. But yeah, uh, everything dealt with sound in that movie. Um, the aliens that had come, um, they gave a little bit of background, not too much in that movie. It was just kind of like, a, the, there were aliens, they came, and everyone that made noise, eventually they found out... Um, was being hunted by these things who seem to pick up on sound very well. Mm. And uh, you go through the movie, um, it's completely quiet for a long time in the beginning. It Except feels... for that girl eating chips next to you the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a... Yeah. What do you think going to happen next? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's... That was the... That's the worst. I watched... I, I think I watched Quiet Place a couple times just because I, en I enjoyed it so much. Well, mm. it was just in theaters. Um, but... I think that other than, you know, the people around you that can that can ruin that movie for you, um, it was just such an impactful scene for me um, to watch this family kind of like looking for food and everything, being very careful. And yeah, it was stupid how they're how they're uh, spoilers, spoilers, how they're um, very old spoilers. The second one's about to come out, people. Come yeah, up. but, you know, you never know. Spoilers. Um, how their son uh, gets like murdered right away in the movie yeah it's a little it's a little stupid because like why were they like here kid i'll put these things in view so that you can put the the batteries back in the machine oh yeah like i don't know that 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 definitely didn't affect my mind though i was kind of like no that makes sense like you're a parent you've got all these things you're thinking about of these kids doing stupid things like they're literally running around like okay stop climbing on things okay stop like making noise guys come on we gotta grab food and go stop mm. yeah. <laughs> this is very very afraid right now and then uh their kids like you know they're kids and the younger one was like i'm gonna get this toy and when he presses the button and like the noise starts playing and you see like John Krasinski does a great job of like turning around and the horror on his face as soon as like he hears it is just like, Oh yeah, that just, it's impactful because like everyone, I have a younger brother, you know, uh, a lot of people have younger siblings and like to not know what's out there at that point in the movie too. You, you don't really know what's going on. You just know that everyone's staying quiet, right? And then at that moment, you get a glimpse of what this thing is, and it's telling you how it's how it works, but also you get this feeling of, like, this family's already been through a lot, and now they're losing somebody else. And those moments, those horror moments of um, 
that can hit you in a way that isn't necessarily terrifying, like, oh, I'm scared, ah, it got me, like, the jump scare got me. I hate jump scares. If there's a jump scare in a movie, I'm usually just like, well, bye. Um, I think they're just really stupid, they're cheap, they're not actually scary to me. Um, I really enjoy when a movie can kind of remind you about the the important things in life, right? Like we take a lot for granted today, right? And that's what I think the A Quiet Place kind of puts out there more than any other movie is that we take for granted the ability to be able to just walk around, you know, to be able to just go where we want to go, to do what we want to do, especially in a time where some people think that the state's in a prison. Um, the state's a prison right now in Michigan. And, you know, I think that you're kind of taking, at that point, if you're saying that, you're kind of taking uh, what we have here in America right now for granted. The ability to tell your gov- governor that you think that they're they're wrong in the way that they're handling things and what they're doing is unconstitutional and taking that power away from them isn't afforded to most um other countries in the same way it's afforded to us i think that that all of these these things start relating (laughs) all of these things start to kind of come together and it's all because of like a movie that kind of teaches us to be considerate of the more special moments right of the the moments that you have with kids the moments you have with um with your family and stuff like that and (laughs) In the podcast, you're going to hear a lot of on the mic because my cat. Get out of here. Go. Go. There, I shiloh her. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Okay. He was trying to help. (laughs) Sorry. Moving. But yeah, just a quiet place really makes you appreciate what you have in life. Um, the ability to, to communicate with each other constantly. And um, there are some people who can't. They're, they're deaf. And the movie brings that up and everything and like pulls that out. There are people that don't have the ability to just communicate simply with another person, you know, through like just speaking. Mm-hmm. It requires more effort on their part to be able to communicate, to be able to um, express themselves. They have less options for that expression. Yep. And uh, just for... A movie to kind of come out and say, you know, we're we're not trying to rush you forward. We're not trying to put horror in your face to the point that you're like, oh, no, a ghost. What you're doing is at th- this point in the movie when um, the wife is like giving birth while this thing oh is coming in the house. Yeah. It is terrifying because like... We've all we all know uh, as adults like what um, w- the pain that's experienced with childbirth. We don't know the, how it feels always, right, guys? I mean, yeah, you. So we don't all know. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. You're about to get the angry comments. Well, I'm not. Yeah. You think you understand, do you? I don't. Um, <laughs> nope, not at all. Um, and but we we know the amount of noise that can come from that right we know the amount of pain that forces us to women to yell when uh when it's when they're giving birth and everything and just the amount of pain and discomfort just that woman was alone with 
like that's that's terrifying you know and the husband couldn't be there to to be any comfort to her at that moment and to help her it was up to her to kind of do it on her own and to get through this moment on her own and she did you know she gave birth and then was able to hide like i don't know there this movie had a very self-sacrificial point as well where you see john krasinski his kids um make some noise inside of a truck um and the, the monster is just gonna obviously try to take them out and his character uh just like starts to you know scream so that the monster will come at him and he sacrifices himself for his kids i mean we didn't see him in a body bag or anything but if they bring him back then did he become one of the monsters i hope not in a quiet place too do you see a john krasinski looking stranger things thing (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean that that self-sacrifice even um the thing about like that character wasn't just it wasn't just because they were his kids i feel like if someone else was in a moment where like they were going to be hurt like we see the old man in that one in the one section of the movie that obviously had just lost his wife um and he's walking with his kid back to their house and this old man's just standing there obviously wanting to like just die as well and in that moment he looks like he's about to start yelling so that something will come and kill him and john krasinski's character is like no don't do it man like you don't have to do this he's trying to talk him down and just that that will to like most people in, in a moment like that would think about themselves and just be like i need to get out of here now like yesterday you know what i mean but he was stopping and was like no like hey don't you don't have to yeah like trying to stop this guy at least that's how i kind of read into it you have a more moral character compared to like the walking dead you yeah know, for sure where the decisions that they make are always for their own benefit yeah to the point that they kind of become villainish in some ways whereas john krasinski's character doesn't kind of have that vibe no he definitely and the whole family is just kind of trying to survive but not lose their humanity while they're surviving right they're still doing things they're still making food they're still playing games it's not like in the walking dead where it's like the time that they're playing a video game is like supposed to be almost this weird occasion it's yeah. supposed to be like no normal life still has to happen during these crazy times and you know it came out right before a pandemic happened right and i was surprised like the first time i was like oh i'm playing games with friends you know we're able to still hang out you know um it was weird because you'd think in times of extreme panic extreme they're like, why would you play a game where you could, you know, have something, something bad could happen? What if all of you had coronavirus when you played a game, right? You can't live your life in so much fear that you isolate yourself from everyone forever. At the same time, you have to be protective of those around you, so you take precautions, right? So, like, it just was another thing in my mind that was kind of helping me understand what i should be doing in times of like suffering and like hardship how should i be reacting to it and unlike the show like the walking dead where they kind of teach us what not to do 
Um, I feel like this show teaches us more of what to do, mm. to continue to have hope, to continue to try and push forward through um, a very hard time That's that wasn't created by anybody. No one was like, oh, yeah, man, I just really wanted these aliens to come. Woo, we did it. Um, or like, oh, I'm going to take all your stuff because you have more stuff than me and I need it. Like in The Walking Dead, they're like, okay, we need to survive this terrible situation. We have no reason. They, we had no reason for it to be here. No one created it. It's not anyone's fault that these things came. Sure. Maybe someone could have handled it better. Some, maybe of the leaders of that area could have handled those things better. But does that necessarily mean that like, how should they handle it though? How should the everyday person handle the world? And I think it speaks today um, greater words than when it spoke. Yeah, I never really thought about it in that light before. And to some extent, that's one of the more powerful messages that we could probably take away in this corona culture is just, <laughs> you know, with a quiet place when they face their own thing, what do they do? Mm -hmm. I mean, outside of that, it's just a, it's another just very well done intriguing creative movie yeah. it's always fun to watch spouses act right next to each other and, and they're see. really good yeah these two are really good yeah man yeah. so well, Tom, like is this how they treat their own kids right are, are those their kids, <laughs> are those their kids? I, I would have believed it yeah. they are it was just such a experience i still you know that's why it's my favorite horror movie um doesn't have any big jump scares that I can remember. It has horror moments, you know, like the monsters outside walking around slowly and everyone's quiet. And some nonsensical moments, like why not just live next to that waterfall? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm curious then, are you excited for the new one or are you afraid it's going to kind of like ruin it or... I'm going to put my trust in John Krasinski as a... he's directing that one. He's right? a writer and director, yeah. Yeah. He yeah. directed this one as well. Yeah, that's what I thought. So I'll put my trust in him. You know, I'm worried for sure because I don't want a lot of backstory on, like, the monster. I, I'm okay with there being, like, they're definitely aliens. You know, this is how we responded to them. Maybe there's, like, some flashbacks of everything again. Do we know they're aliens? Um, I'm pretty sure they mention in the first okay. one that they're aliens. I don't recall that part. Um, cause yeah, there was some stuff with like the army and how they were like listening in. So there was some stuff about their background definitely in the, uh, the first movie, but it wasn't like we know everything about them. We barely figured out in this one that they're sensitive to sound. So I'm interested to see what they do with that information. Mm -hmm. Like, because they don't now it's a quiet place too right so where do they go from there do they make it quiet again so everything's quiet and they just kind of like rehash the same thing they did in this movie or do they take a different spin on like what is quiet then are they is this movie then very loud instead uh, maybe there's like they're constantly playing really loud music or something throughout the entire thing to kind of keep these things away you know i don't know yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of applications. I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm also, yeah, worried that they'll uh, they'll add too much backstory or over-explain something like, you know, Han Solo's last name kind of moment. Yeah, well, part of the first one was just like, 
good reference. Thank you. <laughs> Part of the first one is just it's just uh, trying to just tell one little glimpse of a story yeah. in a place and not really be concerned with all the extra stuff. So it does have that potential. It looks like in this new one, based on a trailer, we're meeting some new characters who are going to take it a different route or something. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't know. I'm excited. I'm wondering if they're going to make it like sort of a prequel in the in the sense of having like flashbacks and stuff like that to the time before. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm excited to see it though. I'm excited to see where it goes. Um but horror horror has this great um this great like lesson for me always too of like life is precious. People are uh we, we see loss so much, um, and it can terrify us at times to think about death and all that kind of stuff, and it can be scary if you if you ponder on those things and allow them to kind of take over your thought process, but um, I think what what the beauty of horror sometimes can do um, with, with the right movie is kind of show you that there is hope, and a lot of movies don't know where that hope comes from, right? A lot of movies are like well, you know, there's hope in humanity. But then we they'll like make a sequel where humanity it doesn't actually do anything right either. Um, humanity was the reason for the thing. Or they'll say, well, it's, it's just, um, it's love that conquers, like, the bad thing. It's, it's love. Um, and what they mean by love is usually, um, like, a, like, friendship love or a, like, um, relational kind of love. And I, I think that, y- you know, you get the very few that kind of point it all back to God and saying, you know, yeah, life is scary and the world has fallen and things are hard and things will continue to be hard until, um, until Jesus is coming back. And then there'll still be some hard times, you know? Yeah. And, once we, when we have the hope that, that God is going to be there for us, the, the faith that in those moments, we're not alone, you know, we both have God and we have each other as humans. I think they're just missing that one point often in, in horror movies when they're trying to give hope. Mm-hmm. They're missing that one point of, yes, we have each other. Yes, we have love. Yes, we can do this, but we also have a creator that can that can put those fears away, can keep us from having to fear that because he's overcome death. Mm. Um, he's overcome disease. He's overcome um, all these things of the world, right? Jesus came and died for us and took on many forms of punishment for us. Yeah. And uh, I think horror movies can be a good way to remind you of that, mm. that there is death in the world, yes, and it's scary. And um, the mind is very scary place to go as well um when you get into more of like the psychopath kind of movies and the sociopath kind of movies um the mind can also be a very scary place to go because um often we're our own mind tries to pull us back to this this earthly kind of way of thinking and uh to keep us from from really hearing god and it's only until you've started to like cultivate a relationship with god and understanding what your your mind should be trying to 
communicate and what your mind is telling yourself, right? Because your mind can make you see kind of a false reality sometimes of what, what's really going on um, with friends and with family and stuff like that. You can tell yourself that you're being a really nice person and you find out, you know, later on that your wife the entire time has been like, no, you've been so rude to me, like, for the past, like, two weeks because you keep saying this, like, thing, right? And so we're, we're very flawed and our mind isn't something that we can rely on constantly as a way to understand um, the universe. And we see that kind of brought out in, like, psychopath movies and so, um, so, blah, 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 socialist movies. <laughs> Sociopathic? Sociopath. Is that what you're going for? <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. So Politics. Socialism movies. Next week on the... <laughs> oh my goodness, we should next week. We should go into the horrors of politics. Oh, Just, man. This is terrifying. Yeah, that would, that would be a good wrong. ending to the October ah. series of scary episodes. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, so this, this episode obviously has gone the opposite of Stranger Things. Where uh, I've been able to talk about spiritual application for like <laughs> yeah. twenty minutes. Whereas and, Stranger uh, Things were like, what were we going to talk about again? Which is strange because I thought I would think normally horror would have less application. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think when horror movies are actually trying to get a point across, they do it well. Yeah, that's true. When they're not, they are just gross and yeah helpful. so like even it for me oh. i didn't see what my brother saw but joel and y'all can talk to him on the discord when he saw it yeah one and two like he's like this is to me this is about kids trying to work with like their tormented memories and trying to kind of they're like haunted by it and yet they have to overcome it and speak it until it's like speak it out until it's gone and Im- yeah. disempower it and stuff like that. It's like, oh, I guess you can see those themes in the movies. I, I didn't catch on to that. So, like, sometimes when you do catch on to what they're looking for, they can illustrate something fairly powerful. Uh, they often set up landscapes to to speak those out a little more strongly than if they were just spoken today, you know? Yeah. like. Jordan Peele with Get Out like has a very like oh, yeah. intense and uh, kind of like alerting look at racism, you know, and, yeah. in ways that maybe white people haven't like thought about it or experienced it before. You watch that, you're like, oh man, like this this was terrifying. Not yeah. like that there's people out there like mind wiping people, but like it's still like it it wakes you up in a different kind of way. Uh, us when he made that movie mm-hmm. I struggle sometimes to remember what exact themes he's getting across but there's to some extent like social class I think and among some other themes that that are there to kind of get you thinking about stuff and whatnot. you know yeah I mean I'll be honest though I've never actually seen the new It movies yep that's I mean that's fine. I didn't see them when they first came out because I, I read up on them. I was like, I don't think I want to watch this. I read the book first. Yeah, from 
I've heard how the book ends, <laughs> and it doesn't go that route. I so. knew I knew I wasn't watching the second movie, no matter what. Yeah. Because I was just like, I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't trust. I don't trust Hollywood uh, no, to yeah. not put that in. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, I don't think it went that route. But, no, uh, <laughs> I heard it didn't, which is uh, great. Yeah, but sometimes even like obscure scary movies i'm surprised like happy death day <laughs> i don't know if you ever saw either i of love those. funny horror movies yeah that one's just kind of a comedic groundhog scary movie right <laughs> Ground- groundhog <laughs> day scary movie she's stuck in a loop but like have you seen the second one or the first no one? i've never seen either of them yet. so it's just that but like there's loss in this girl's life too and the first one is strangely about her like kind of like becoming less of like the popular important girl and realizing there's more important stuff in life which you're not expecting at all in a movie like this and the second one is about her dealing with like the loss of her parents to the point that I like I cried watching that movie I'm like what is this movie this is like a it's like a B movie that somehow gets into theaters and yet they have these like really like interesting good messages in the middle yeah. of of just uh oh i'm stuck and i keep dying every day type kind of yeah no i movie. like i like that I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to watch those i mean so here's the reason why i haven't watched any horror movies recently my wife hold on <laughs> and scene <laughs> i uh there's if you guys have ever watched borat um borat 2 is out so when i said my wife I immediately went with his his like. I haven't seen Borat, so I'm it, not gonna know it. <laughs> there's a anyone who's watched Borat knows where my mind just went, and I went, no, don't say it, don't do that accent. That's not good. So, um, yeah. So when when I I can't watch horror movies though because my wife um, just is afraid of horror movies, has complete fear of them, does not like them. Hates being scared. Will not watch them. So uh, I am not that way. I, I like being terrified for some reason. I think it's fun. Um, and so I watched them a lot when I was younger, into high school, into college. And then when I started dating my wife, I stopped really watching them because it's like, I don't want to go to the movie theater like without her, you know? And it's like, well, I'm not gonna. I'll, I'll go watch because there's, there's usually like a horror movie that comes out, and then like uh, either a rom com or a comedy that comes out too, like around the same time. So it's usually like, well, I'm gonna go to the movies. I don't want to like watch a different movie than my wife. That's kind of weird. So <laughs> I'll I'll go to this one. And uh, the only time I get to see horror movies is when I go see it with you guys. So, yeah. well, I I mean, yeah, I think for me, you know, whenever we're using the word horror movies, I always gotta clarify. Like I. I have standards as to what I'm willing to watch and what I'm not. I mean, yeah, you know, I don't. There's there's a lot out there that's just like way too over the top for me, or uh, too focused on demonic or mm. anything like that, you know. Um, but like I, I, I like you. I enjoy being scared. I don't enjoy like gross stuff. But yeah, I, no. I enjoy being like, oh, what's gonna happen? You know, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So. Exactly. It's more the suspense sometimes. Yeah. It's the the like the 
questions that they kind of ask a lot of the time. I really enjoy, like, I'm going to skip genres here a little bit, but it's the same genre because it's also horror, but the sci-fi horror genre. So you get, like, yeah. Alien, Predator, Alien versus Predator, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is great if you're a fan of comedy. Um, and uh, same with, like... So the versus movies. I'm gonna jump to that now. I'm gonna totally jump around because I think we're we're kind of getting to the end. So I want to get all these horror movies that I enjoy <laughs> out. So Alien, Predator, all the sequels, and Alien versus Predator. I like them all for different reasons. Freddy versus Jason. So these are the ones that I, I don't quite get into. Freddy versus Jason. I don't. I haven't watched in forever, so I don't remember if it's gory or anything like that. Probably is if it has them in it. Well, no, because, like, their their original movies were pretty gory, but, like, this one, I remember being just about the jokes. There were so many jokes. They were making fun of, like, all of this stuff. It's, it's darker humor sometimes, but I just remember it being just joke after joke after joke and me making no sense half the time, and, yeah, it was just really dumb, and, uh... I was in, like, middle school, high school when I was watching this. But it was just a memorable horror movie, so I thought I'd bring it up at the end. <laughs> Your versus movies? Yeah, those the versus movies, they're terrible, but they are they hold a special place. Mine's usually more like Robocroc versus... <laughs> <laughs> shark to puss. You know, Is Godzilla like a horror movie? <gasps> Ooh! I mean... Ooh, I actually just thought, like, we didn't even get into, like, any anime. Well, we can do anime some other time. Anime horror. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> Death Note. See, I've heard about this, but every time someone talks about it, they're like, Jamin, it's too dark. Don't watch it. It's not too dark. But Jamin, uh, you need to watch it. It's dark. Like <laughs> it's dark, but, like, I don't know. There's a lot of good, like, if someone was handed an ability to, like, to do like a bad thing and being able to kill people like and had that power how would they like would they try not to use it or how would they use it kind of a thing and it's not like usually it's not usually a gruesome kind of death it's interesting <laughs> it's very interesting it's more like thriller like it's 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 fun it's a fun ride Fun ride anime. Hey, you know... Look, the only anime I watched in recent times was something about sea whale desert people. What? <laughs> Children of the... The... Whales, I think is what it was called. The hipster in me wanted to watch the thing no one else had watched. Why? Because that's the hipster in me. <laughs> Did you enjoy it? Uh, not really. <laughs> it's just people who live on islands that surf the desert like it's an ocean and the islands are run by hearts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well then, quick uh, quick quick manga or the first the first series of Yu-Gi-Oh is terrifying. I have not seen anything Yu-Gi-Oh related, but 
that doesn't match the cartoon images no. I've seen. So the idea of like the cartoon was like there's a card game and these kids are gonna play these play these games and they're gonna go to these tournaments and they're gonna be like, I have the heart of the cards. I believe in the cards I have enough, so they're gonna help me win. And it's terrible. And uh, I played Yu-Gi-Oh a lot because I was a kid that was like, Oh, look at all the cards I can win. It's gambling, yay. <laughs> And it was terrible. You shouldn't do, like, booster pack cards, like, buy cards singly if you're going to play a game and stuff like that. It's a lottery, guys. Don't, don't, don't gamble. <laughs> um, so, when I'm, like, when I was uh, going into Yu-Gi-Oh! and I was, like, a kid, I was like, oh, Yu-Gi-Oh! is so cool. Uh, I, sh I want everything Yu-Gi-Oh! Oh, I, I see this book at my library, and it's, it's got pictures, and it's just cool. It's like a comic. I'll just take this home, and I'll read about Yu-Gi-Oh! And uh, so I take the first one home, and I'm like, this is so interesting. I start reading through it, and I'm like, oh, oh no. Oh, oh, what? <laughs> and that's the first time I realized that uh, whenever in the show, Yugi is sending someone to the Shadow Realm, like he does in the first like few episodes, he's like, I'm sending you to the Shadow Realm. This is a Shadow Realm game. Like, in the, in the original, like, comic, the first one... He, he's he's just killing people. Oh. He, that's it. <laughs> like, they would... Well, then. He's like, literally, it's just like, we're going to play a game, and if you lose, you die, and if I lose, that's not going to happen, because I'm the, I'm the king of games. <laughs> and, uh... Yeah, there's one guy who can only see everything as, uh... as money. Like, everything is money. There are no people anymore. The only thing he can see for the rest of his life is money. And so nothing is food. Everything is just money. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was terrifying as a child because I was like, I want to I wanna read about this this guy who plays cards. And I got a, whole, I got a very scary... It's not as <laughs> terrifying as I remember. Like, yeah, there's death. Um, but there's also death in Transformers, and I don't think any of you people that are judging me right now, and you people in the voice part that can't see me waving my finger, um, I don't think any of you people that are judging me right now were like, oh, the, the death in Transformers was really terrifying. <laughs> I, I think that we sometimes hype up death in horror scenes just because um, they put more weight on the death than a Transformers movie would, but like, think about how many people died so that Budweiser could have a ad in a in, in transformers that happens oh a huge truck just slams into a building and you can say there's no people in it but i won't believe you <laughs> and then they have a bunch of budweiser models just everywhere yeah well there was i just finished a book this week where the guy was making a joke about pg-13 violence is just more or less like it's super grotesque they're just not showing you the grotesqueness yep. of it so we become like detoxicated to it mm -hmm. whereas all across all other countries it's almost laughable because they'd be like you know what happened after like yeah like you know what that looks like when someone dies and <laughs> yeah you know we'll, we'll show like a quick like slice of something or whatever, but like we'll just hide the blood and all that. So, which I, I don't want to see it either. 
But, like, I think the rest of the world might be laughing at us a little bit. Like, you're really afraid of... Uh, Blood? Of death or... Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, you re- you realize, like, when you have John McClane just running around doing all these things, like, he's leaving all of that in his wake. Yeah, he's <laughs> like murdering people. Yeah. Like, it's 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 still murder, whether it's the hero yeah. or the bad guy, That's like, right? Part of the reason I think we get so desensitized to it is, like, we're like... Or why we don't think more... Har- intently about like yeah. guns and things like that is because when we think of violence we just think of a pg-13 guy yeah just yep. the hero coming out and shooting the bad guy he was shot in the chest and just fell over and died and that was all there was to it yeah no blood no blood Nothing. no like gushing out dying wasn't on screaming the floor, yeah. yeah wasn't taking time and that's where horror says no take a step back this is what death looks like mm. this it's not pretty it's not something that you want to see you shouldn't like this right and i I think there's more truth in in a horror that way there's more truth to that um and the way we respond to it should be like uh, i don't like it when they go over the top with gore again i hate that I, i think it's just they're playing on that sense to make you feel more afraid by showing things that are gross which doesn't actually scare me it just makes me want to stop watching the movie yeah. Um, to where a movie that shows like somebody dying and you're hearing like you know the scream of like them that stays with you for a while um, because in other movies they're like Anakin, Anakin just cuts off Luke's hand and Luke's ah! all like oh man no my hand it's gone oh well I'll keep I'll keep using my arm to climb around this thing though. This is a good time to deliver the biggest line of the movie. Yeah, right. We're not concerned about your hand having fallen off right now. It's fine. It's more like Anakin burning alive in a volcano. Yeah. <laughs> and he's still mocking this man that's trying to help him at like even then he's like, Don't do it, Anakin, I'm I'm gonna cut your legs off and then Anakin's all like you you, you underestimate my power and jumps over him, and Obi-Wan's like, okay, man, cuts his legs off. And then as he's dying and burning alive with his legs and one arm chopped off, this is Star Wars. This was like PG-13, right? I know. That's like one of the most... He's, that's the movie we're at with my kids. I'm like, can I show them this right? part? Right? He's climbing up, burning alive, and he's not screaming in pain still. Instead, he's screaming, I hate you. I'm pretty sure when you touch lava, you shouldn't be screaming anything. You're just dying. <laughs> yeah, just dying usually. Yeah, yeah. Man, yeah, no. So I definitely agree. Like these movies that are more about like intense action and um, having like there's a good guy versus bad guy. The good guy's allowed to do disgustingly horrible things, um, just as long as you know the person that's being hurt doesn't react to it the right way you know yep. way a normal human would to where in horror um good guy or bad guy someone gets stabbed they're not it, it's bleeding it's hurting them you as an audience are going okay death bad death bad killing wrong yeah not just momentary yeah so yeah. for me it's it's actually a lot of people say like well uh how can you like how can a christian how can you horror movies right i think that's one of the things that um we get told we get asked a lot i've been asked it when i was in college a lot um how can you watch a horror movie and be a christian and i think you know 
it, it's discernment. Um, we talked about it a lot at Nerd Church, and um, it's it's about discernment. You know, when it comes to like gore and stuff like that, should you be wanting to watch that? I don't think so. Mm. Should you be wanting to watch the part where people die? Mm. No, that's supposed to be a bad thing. <laughs> like, uh, it, it's all about how you're watching the movie. What's the director's intentions behind the scene? Can you say when you've finished watching the movie that you learned something from it? Can you say that you've you've gained some kind of experience that has tried that has taught you something positive? Um, can you find any redeeming quality in the characters that exist? And uh, when you come down to the end of it, there's just, you got to discern, you know, is it, is it something that you believe has any redeeming qualities, really? Um, does it have a redeeming quality? And, uh, and in the end, I think you also have to put on the lens um, to understand that the people who are making these movies don't necessarily agree with you about, um, as a Christian, if you are a Christian, the people making the movies may not be Christians. And when they're making these movies, they're trying to, they're trying to tell a story based off of what they experience. And, um, I'm not saying you should definitely watch movies just because somebody else has an opinion about something, but I would say it's, it's, it's wrong for us to not at least have an open mind about what they're trying to share with us. Because when we listen to somebody, even when they're in a bad experience, even when they're not right, um, sometimes we can learn how to communicate better with, with that kind of a person. Um, I don't necessarily mean you should adapt to that lifestyle. I don't think that you should, um, what's the word, assimilate to um, being like a, a huge horror movie junkie where you watch every single horror movie that comes yeah. out. What I'm saying is, know when you go to the movie, if it's, if it's like beyond rated r it's probably not one you'd want to watch um if it's something that looks like there's going to be a bunch of gore and they're advertising it as a gore like gore movie maybe that's not one to watch if it's more based on a story it's more based off of something uh based off of something that can have some kind of um character to it to where the characters are learning something growing or surviving in a world and we're learning something and you don't have to be actively learning right i think that's one of the big mistakes that a lot of people um a lot of people don't realize is when you engage with media you are passively learning whether you know or not yep. and i think that's what we were talking about when we were talking about you know transformers when we were talking about um star wars is you're passively learning things from that like we as americans probably don't realize how much of a how much we honestly fetishize uh guns we put them on such a pedestal um that even i find myself even saying sometimes like well it's not really a guns it's not like the guns the problem like it is the human but at the same time like these guns weren't made for peace yep. you know like they weren't made to to bring anything good um am i saying there shouldn't be a gun in a movie no a movie is telling a story about these things. It's not real, right? Um, but should we have guns in real life? Well, I don't think so. You can disagree with me all you want, but... Yep. Yeah, the... Again, it's just the over-excessiveness of what we're constantly exposed to and yeah. we, that we don't even think about it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've gotten into a lot of different topics today, uh, and it's it's some topics that we've hit before on the podcast, remembering that 
the Bible itself has horror elements in it. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, like, she points well beyond... The story in Judges of the concubine is will always be <laughs> the most horrific story, one of the most horrific stories in the Bible. And the reason that it's there is not to, like... Yeah, it's you guys like yeah. horror, right? You know, it's there to, like, make you think, make you grow, and make yeah. you stop and say, what kind of world do we live in that leads to this? Even more so, I mean, with that story, it's like, you always think Sodom and Gomorrah is the place that this kind of stuff happens. Hey, Israel, you you did the <sighs> same thing to, like, an even deeper level yeah. In many ways, here's your Sodom and Gomorrah. And so it, that that's one way that the Bible wakes you up to the horrors of, of the world and the horrors we're capable of, uh, reminding us to look at ourselves in the mirror before we point at everyone else. So there can be um, no, I totally agree. helpful elements to wake us up, but as you said, discernment and i think everyone's discernment's a little different on yeah. subjects like this so you practice yours not someone else's yeah um well, i was just thinking also on the bible and everything even like when we saw when passion of the christ came out i know like the director and everything wasn't you know the best but um even that is horrific oh for sure like like beyond probably what the bible was <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean not that all that didn't happen but, it, but can you imagine a human being yeah. carrying a cross after being whipped to pieces? Like it's that's 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 ter it's terrifying. It, it is. I'm just like I think the movie took it like a hundred steps further even in the way they portray it. Because when you're watching it, you're like, there's no way like Jesus would have any energy to even stand up. You'd have to drag him all the way. So, yeah, I mean, so again, that, that shows like some people's over excessive. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And man, it, it's just, I, I think there is good though. in being reminded of what kind of sacrifice it was, you know, it wasn't just like, oh, well, he got put on a cross and then died peacefully. You know, yeah. he was tortured and killed. It, why do you do this cat? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was it was a terrible experience, and I, I think that the Bible has multiple moments where that kind of ha stuff happens. Yeah, when your salvation is based on a horror story, yeah, right. You have to admit that <laughs> there's that it, there can be a redeeming element that can be found in such moments. I yeah, guess. no, for sure. All right. Well, with that, we'll let you keep chewing on that thought, and we'll be back. Wait, what's next Saturday? Is that still October? Yeah, it's October 31st. It's Halloween, Jamie. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll be back on October 31st for our final episode of Spooky Month. Spooky Here on the 12 Weight Bit Nerd Church Podcast, join us on our Discord. You can learn more about it at 12weightgreenwood.com slash 1208bit. Or join us on the Jackson Cloud Discord and join an online church at jacksoncloud.com. And Tyler loves you, and we'll see you later. We be the commutes, bros. What does that even mean? Thank you.